Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone. Uh, a couple weeks off, but uh, back at it uh, this week. A lot to, uh, to talk about, including the uh, the bowl games, obviously, for the Tobacco Road teams. Talk a little bit about the ACC Coach of the Year voting as well. But to start out, we will... Uh, We'll recap North Carolina and NC State from uh, from last night or from uh, from Tuesday night. Uh, terrific game between these uh, these two teams, and it, it was the first time in a long time where if you watch that game, they didn't necessarily feel like the more talented team. Like I think UNC has more NBA players, but it felt like NC State was the better team throughout the game. Um, I, I know that it got close there at the end, and they they almost found a way to uh, to NC State it, uh, but they found a way to pull out the win. I think that that's huge for this NC State team in terms of their uh, their confidence uh, to start conference play against uh, against UNC and get a win because that's been such a uh, such a hellacious game for NC State teams to uh, to try to win over the years. Uh, and I, I think that's just a monumental win for them, and I'll, I'll get into that a little more and what I think that means for them uh, for the rest of this uh, this season uh, in, in a little bit. But just to, uh, to look at the numbers from last night, UNC you know, won the rebounding battle, and a lot of that was because of the second half and, and to be expected, uh, you know, forty-five to uh, to thirty-four. Uh, but you know, Devin Daniels uh, was terrific. 21 points for NC State, 5 rebounds. He was 8 of 13 from the floor, 2 of 3 from uh, from 3-point range. Uh, very choosy about picking his spots, and he did this in 28 minutes. So, I mean, he was, he was really efficient. Uh, Manny Bates was big for NC State, 14 points, 7 rebounds, 5 blocks. I think, I think if you're a state, you would like to see him get a few more rebounds. Um and I think, uh, you know, seeing Shaquille Moore play as well as he did off the bench uh, and getting some positive minutes out of uh, Sebron as well, particularly adding adding seven rebounds for you, I think that that's huge for this NC State team. And also, they win this game without DJ Thunderbird, who in terms of their bigs uh, is definitely their most talented offensively. So I think that uh, that gives this team some uh, some confidence as well. They won that game with just just 10 healthy guys due to uh, due to covid um, so I think that that's huge for NC State, and I, you know, for for UNC, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily, they just continue to struggle to shoot the ball, and we're going to be saying this all year about this team. They can't shoot the ball, and they turn it over too much. Now the turnovers is something they can clean up. Uh, Eighteen turnovers last night to just uh, just fifteen assists. Uh, they they only turn it over four four more times than uh, than NC State, but when State shoots at eight to seventeen from three point range. And UNC shoots it uh, two of twelve. It's going to make a uh, an obvious dent in uh, in difference in the uh, in the stat column. Uh, and, and they just you know Caleb Love sh- continues to struggle to shoot it. Just three of fourteen. R.J. Davis is five of fourteen. Even Garrison Brooks 
uh, was just 5 of 14. So he struggled uh, from even in uh, in close. Uh, they didn't get a typical night from uh, from Dayron Sharp, so I think that was uh, that was a little surprising. Just six points and uh, and seven rebounds. Um, so uh, you know, I think UNC's problems are are they're not going away anytime soon, and that's the trouble for this team. Now they can they can beat and play with anybody in this league in terms of the ACC. They can also lose to half this league as well because of their struggle shooting the ball. And, and taking care of the ball. I, now, taking care of the ball, like I said, that can kind of work itself out as the season goes along. But the likelihood that they're just going to become a better shooting team a couple months from now, you just don't see that too often. So we'll we'll see if that if that happens for this uh, this UNC team. But that 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 continues to be their biggest uh, their biggest bugaboo, if you will. In turn, is uh, their ability. To, uh, to shoot the ball uh, because, you know, they're great inside. But outside of that three-point line, they just they just continue to struggle. Uh, and it, it feels like we say that about this UNC team. We've said that for the last few years now uh, about this uh, this Carolina team. Um, now, in terms of what this win means for NC State, I, I, like I said this before the season started, how much I like this NC State team. They feel like a legit dark horse to win the ACC. When you look around the league, Virginia has, hasn't been necessarily as strong as we thought they were going to be to start the year out. Florida State's hit some bumps in the road. Duke doesn't look as powerful as some might have thought. Carolina they beat Carolina already. Carolina's shown that they you know, continue to struggle to shoot the ball from distance. Every team that you would put up at the top of this league has obvious flaws. And not that UNC, NC State doesn't have some flaws, but they feel like their flaws aren't as glaring as everybody else's right now. And, you know, the teams will improve as the season goes along, obviously. But this isn't a typical year. You can't practice the way you normally would. You're going to have schedules get disrupted. Are these teams going to improve as much as we're used to seeing as the season goes along? You know, because typically whoever you would pick, unless you've got an obvious team, like a dominant Duke team or a dominant UNC team, Typically, the team you would pick in December or November isn't the team that's necessarily going to be the best one that time when February and March rolls around. But this year, I'm wondering how much improvement will actually take place because of COVID and because of restrictions and things like that. So I, I think NC State is a legit dark horse to win the ACC. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I said early in the year, I thought they were top five or six team, and I think they were picked like eighth or ninth by the uh, by the media. Uh, so I think uh, I think NC State has a legit chance to win the league. Um, they, they just, you know, they've got, got, they've got Devon, Devin Daniels, who's one of the best scorers in the league. They've got size in Bates, Sebron, Hellams, and, uh, and Thunderbird, and they can shoot it from outside. I mean, they've got, you know, Allen, Beverly, and they've got some young guards that are athletic, like Hayes and uh, Hayes and Moore. So it, it just feels like this NC State team is as complete as anybody in the league right now, and that they have a legit chance to uh, to to make it to the mountaintop of and, and compete for an ACC championship this uh, this season. Uh, switching gears a little bit over to uh, to football, the ACC Coach of the Year award was handed out to. Brian Kelly. And look, Notre Dame had a good year. There, there's no question. 
But we all saw that ACC championship game. We saw how close Clemson came to beating Notre Dame uh, when they weren't even necessarily fully healthy. And, and this just feels like, for lack of a better term, it feels like ACC media kissing Brian Kelly's ass, to be honest with you. Uh, because, and, and Notre Dame's ass, trying to do anything they can to get them into the league. Brian Kelly and Notre Dame did what everybody in this, what did, what did everybody expect them to do. They finished second in, when you factor in the ACC championship game. That's where most people picked them at the beginning of the year was to finish second. They did that. They equaled what we thought they would do. That we, most people thought they won, lose one, maybe two games. They had a good season. There's, there's no question in the college football playoff. I'm not taking away from Brian Kelly or Notre Dame as far as the team, because they, they, they had a very good season. There's no question about that. But to me, Coach of the Year, you have to factor in who outperformed their expectations. And there's a clear case here. And this is going to sound like an NC State episode, but it, Dave Dorn should have been the ACC Coach of the Year. You, you, you finish 8-3, and three, your best quarterback goes down, uh, and you know you had to deal with a, a bad defense early in the year. You found a way to improve defensively. None of your losses were bad losses, and you find a way to win eight games this year in a year that you were picked, I think, ninth. Uh, you know, to me, it felt like Dave Doran should have been the ACC Coach of the Year, and it should have been obvious because nobody expected NC State to be as good as they were, and, and definitely nobody expected NC State to do what they did after Devin Leary went down. Uh, anytime you lose a quarterback, and especially at a, you know, it's different at a blue blood like Clemson or at Alabama because you've just got so much talent stacked up. But anytime you lose a quarterback at a typical, you know, Division I college, and, and they, they went through their bumps, but it, it, their bumps weren't as extended as we thought they were going to be when Devin Leary went down. So I, I think... You know, Dave Doran and his staff deserve a ton of credit for that. And I, I truly thought that Dave Doran should have been the ACC Coach of the Year. That, that's just, it's just my opinion. Um, it's a small opinion, obviously. I didn't get a vote. So uh, I, I just really thought Dave Doran uh, earned the right to be the, uh, be the ACC Coach of the Year. It doesn't take away to what it, from what NC State accomplished this season, but I just thought he was the, uh, the clear choice uh, to be the ACC Coach of the Year. Uh, all right, so let's get into bowl season now. Speaking of NC State football, we've got three bowl games to look at in terms of the Tobacco Road School. You've got the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl on December 30th at noon. That's in Charlotte at uh, the Panthers Stadium. Uh, Wake Forest getting the, the chance to take on Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin is a seven-point favorite in this uh, in this matchup, both teams 500 on the season. Wake get to play a, a couple more games. Uh, when you look at the numbers for these two teams, Wake is significantly better offensively. Uh, they score about 15 points more per game. Uh, they run about four more plays per game. They average about a full yard more uh, per play than Wisconsin does. Uh, Wake is a better passing team. They're about the same in terms of uh, in terms of running the ball. Uh, you know, Wake, I think, is a team that, you know, kind of outperformed their expectations given the, the struggles early in the season. Um, but I, I think Wisconsin's a team that kind of underwhelmed a lot of people. 
that their defense, though, for Wisconsin has been good. Uh, they only give up about 15 points, points a game, whereas Wake gives up about 31 uh, points per, uh, per game. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a case of, and this is the case a lot of times in bowl games, who's motivated? Who's motivated to play this game? I think Wake's going to be happy to be in this bowl game. Um, you know, in the, Wake Forest, they're, they're the kind of program where they're, I'm not going to say Coach Clawson is happy, but the program itself is going to be happy anytime they get to a bowl game. Because if you win, if you go 500 at Wake Forest, it's considered a good season because of some of the restrictions that come with, with that job and being Wake Forest. Wisconsin's going to be disappointed, I think, to be in this game. So I, I like Wake. I think Wake offensively can just outscore Wisconsin. And I think that ultimately ends up, you know, being the uh, being the difference. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, Wake maybe doesn't win the game, but I think they cover the seven point spread. Uh, they're getting seven points in this matchup, so I, I like Wake uh, plus seven in this uh, in this game. Also, I like the over uh, in this one as well, sitting at fifty two and a half. I think that number factors in uh, the Wisconsin defense averages, and I don't know that they've necessarily played an offense as, as good as Wake's this uh this season so i think uh, i think wake forest I, even if they don't win the game i think they at least keep it close and uh, and cover the seven point spread also worth noting wake is six and two against the spread this season wisconsin just uh, just two and four uh against the uh, the spread this uh this season so definitely worth uh, worth noting when you uh when you look at uh when you look at those match when you look at those matchups uh in terms of the uh the other uh, Tobacco Road schools, you've got uh, not the rest of them aren't until January second, as far as uh, Tobacco Road teams. Uh, you've got NC State playing Kentucky in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. That one in uh, in Jacksonville. Kentucky is a uh, is a two and a half point favorite in this uh, in this matchup. Uh, I, I think it, it's an interesting like, state. It's one of those awkward matchups because State is eight and three. And Kentucky is just four and six this uh, this season. We got a number of what I what I would call awkward matchups uh, because of because of you know the way because of COVID in this season and and just trying to find teams to fill bowl games. Uh, so you've got a, a number of matchups where it's like it matchup wise, it just doesn't feel like these two teams should be playing each other. Uh, <laughs> And that's you know that's that's just the case of of what a lot of these bowl games are uh, are going to be in this uh, in this spot. Um, it's you know Kentucky has has not been uh, a great team this uh, this season in terms of their in in terms of you know, anything really. I mean they're just four and six on the uh, on the season. Uh, Wait, NC State comes in. Uh, with a record of uh, of eight and three, this uh, th- and it's coming off what I would say, like I said, is a, is a is a very impressive season. Like I think I think State is the team that has outperformed their expectations, uh, whereas Kentucky is, is I, I, they, they might just be happy to beat a bowl game. That, that's the way that this this strikes me when you've got a team coming into this that's just uh, just four and six. It, it's interesting because. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the money is actually uh, going to uh, going to Kentucky in this uh, in this matchup, uh, and you know nothing against Kentucky. Like I think they've had 
I think they've had an okay season. I don't think they're necessarily uh, a bad team. Uh, but, I, but I look at a lot of these games sometimes, and I just wonder, like, how much of this is because they're, the SC, they're an SEC team? And, and the, you know, the, commit, the college football playoff committee shows a ton of love to, to, <laughs> to the SEC. Uh, and, and honestly, the SEC was not that good this season. You look at the four wins that, that Kentucky had. They beat Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. They didn't beat anybody that was good. All their all the teams they lost to were pretty decent teams. I mean, Ole Miss wasn't necessarily good. Auburn doesn't necessarily have a good year. Um, so it, it strikes me as you know, it's an it's interesting that that state that Kentucky is somehow the favorite in this matchup. Like I, I I'm trying to trying to wrap my head around it, and the only thing I can come up with is because they're the they're an SEC team. Uh, that's that's really the the only thing that uh, that makes sense to me in this uh, in this spot and even a lot of the matchup predictors still like Kentucky uh, but state puts up 31 points per game uh, <laughs> whereas Kentucky scores just 21 Kentucky gives up more points than they score per game typically yardage wise state out gains Kentucky by about 80 per game uh, you know they're not that different in terms of uh, in terms of yard yards allowed also I mean, you look at the last five games, NC State's won four of their last five, and the, the only loss was a three-point loss to a Miami team that's that's ranked. Uh, whereas Kentucky is you know, two and three in their uh, in their last five games, so I just I don't get the number. Uh, so I, I'm going to ride with NC State. Uh, all of the metrics tell me to go with NC State, despite what a lot of the uh, the matchup predictors are uh, are saying. So uh, so I, I like I like NC State. To uh, I think they win the game. I think uh, you know, not just not just in terms, of, uh, not just cover the two and a half, but I think NC State wins the game in the uh, in the Gator Bowl. So I like uh, I like State in that uh, in that spot to uh, to cover the uh, the two and a half point spread, and I, I like them really to uh, to get the win if I'm uh, if I'm being honest. And, and then in the Orange Bowl, you've got. Number five, Texas A&M, fresh off being upset about not being in the college football playoff, taking on number 13, North Carolina. Um, it's One of two things usually happens when you're in the spot that Texas A&M is. We've seen both play out. You either go into your bowl game disappointed and you lay an egg, or you go into your bowl game pissed off and you play out of your mind. So which one? What's it going to be for uh, for Texas A and M? That's that's what kind of has to be uh, be seen in this uh, in this matchup. Uh, you know the two ter- two teams. Yeah, UNC is the better team offensively. They score about twelve points more per game. They at, they get about one hundred twenty yards more per game. Defensively, A and M's the better team. They give up just twenty one a game. Um, you know they give they give up about eighty yards less per game. I but but I, I just don't know that A and M has played an offense like UNC it, since Bama. Uh, like Bama is the only extremely good offense I think that A and M's playing Florida. Uh, both are teams that gave A and M trouble. One blew A and M out. The other team, Florida, can't play defense. They still put up thirty eight points against A and M. So I, I think you know we've seen that 
when they play better offenses, A&M, like Florida, scored 38 points on them, Bama, who scored 52 points on them, when they play better offenses this season, granted, both those games were early, so it's hard to gauge, uh, they give up points. And I just don't think they're going to I don't I don't think they're going to uh, to shut UNC down. Uh so UNC is getting 7 points in this spot. So I'm going to ride with the Heels plus 7. I don't know and I think they've got a really good chance to win the game. Like I said cuz I, I don't know what to what we're going to get from A&M in terms of their motivation level going into this game. I just don't know what we're going to get. So I, I like I like UNC uh to cover the plus 7. I think they've got a decent chance to uh, to win the game as well. Uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. Probably the last one before the uh, before the New Year. So hope everybody has a uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of that. Uh, and looking forward to uh, to talking to you again in 2021. As always, check out Believe Podcast on Apple and Spotify and anywhere that you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.